Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. On a Thursday, we're going to take a look at a variety of different things. No surprise, the market's still doing a lot of chatter about COVID-19, which everybody is. A bit of a step backwards today for the wheat market, but no surprise. We've had a good run for them, a little bit of a breather going on. I think the hot topic, though, has been this ethanol market. And are we going to see a dump when it comes to corn? Are there other factors building into why we're seeing so many grain trucks out on the highways this time? A variety of different things are a look at grain and livestock. And, of course, Darren Fessler joins us. We're practicing our uh, six-foot distance today. Uh, normally, you and I are in the same studio on a Thursday. So uh, Darren Fessler is joining us with Lakefront Futures. And let's look at what's happening with this market. Let's start with ethanol because I think it is the, the big elephant, shall we say, in the room at this point. Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look back just two weeks ago, uh, we probably weren't in the, the type of fundamental situation we are. we find ourselves today. A lot of that is due to the, the poor ethanol margins, which we've talked about in the past. And I think that those margins have only got worse as the days have gone by here, as crude oil continues to, you know, you know, find, you know, basically not find any sort of traction. We, we, we try to buy, you know, make these one or two dollar moves higher. We think maybe the low is on crude oil, but then again, it just keeps getting shot back down. Uh, I think that crude oil in general is, is kind of a leading indicator. Uh, of what the really the market's looking for as far as demand, and I look at across the landscape and just look at certain states. For for example, Illinois, look at gasoline demand down seventy three percent versus last week. New York down seventy three, and California down sixty eight. Texas down sixty five. We're talking some major major populated states. So, you know, the question is, you, you when does this ethanol start to rebound? is is the, really the question and really when does the economy start to really fire back up um that that's the million dollar question anymore these days i mean you see ethanol plants starting to idle you see them put pulling back capacity they say that they're going to ramp capacity back up when it's you know when demand is there but when uh, and that's the thing is that you, you see what has happened with old crop basis really got decimated over the last 10 so sessions, 10 so days. And so you, you, you're, you're, I think a lot of producers, I think they're nervous about what potentially could happen next week with acres and with the ethanol story. I think some of them are just going out and selling. Maybe it could, could move a lot lower. Who knows? The, the problem with this ethanol story, it really puts this old crop in, in a big pickle. Um, maybe not so much new crops, still a lot of things to shake up there and sort out, but old crop corn, boy, it, it's, it's sure not looking that great on the ethanol side right now. Can we say there's a little bit of maybe, I don't want to call it a knee-jerk reaction, but is that the feel that seems to be going on right now? I, I think it could be a knee-jerk, but it, it is a big knee-jerk. Uh, because ethanol is a major, major story for corn. Uh, you really think about it, it's one-third of our, our usage. And really, a, a third of corn should be thought of the same way as energy is thought of. So not that I want to say that the market is wrong. Uh, I certainly agree with the market, and we, we have to discount it to a point where it is it is feasible for guys to stay in business as far as the ethanol side is concerned. And are we at that point? Maybe we are, maybe we're not. But you continue to hear these these doom and gloom uh, sort of situations come from the the big ethanol producers, and it certainly doesn't paint that good picture. So whether it is a knee-jerk reaction or whether it's the, the new reality we're setting in here, 
um, definitely is an, uh, have to err on the side of caution for the time being until we see some uh, you know light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. And it's a, it's a new norm that we're having to deal with as well, coming off of what was a crazy 2019 and 2020 as we get ready to start planting. It's kind of boating to make another interesting marketing year. Yeah, I mean, we'll all, we'll all take back all the negative things we said about 19 and how <laughs> terrible it was. Uh, let's just get that off the table because 20 is lining up is, is just as crazy, really. I mean, we have this COVID-19 situation. Um, granted, it may not impact the Midwest as it is some of the coasts right now. And the question, does it start to spread? Does it really start impacting agriculture in a way? You, you can see that it has in a way. You've seen it what the demand for meat is flying off the shelves is is some of the money coming out of equities and going back in agriculture and some of the things we absolutely need we need our breads we need our corn we need our beans and our meal not only that but it's also impacting argentina and brazil some of their exports and argentina being the one of the largest meal producers in the world has really sparked our meal market here in the u.s so i mean where it's having major impacts in other sectors of the economy ag so far has weathered it pretty nicely uh so to speak i mean we haven't taken our lumps and our hits we have but compared to some other sectors of the market we're holding our own and rightfully so what are you seeing as some of the maybe trigger factors as we you know finish up this week knowing that we've got some big reports coming out next week and and the focus that's happening in the trade yeah, I mean, right now, I think the market is moving. We take the wheat market, for example, which has had a very, very nice run up here. I, you know, having it pull back today shouldn't be all that surprising. Corn seems like it wants to move lower and earlier than the sessions, but always finds a way to kind of close in the middle of the range, or maybe the upper end of the range. Beans acting very much the same way. Where, where the ag market seem like they're bending, they're not breaking. So to me, that's a little bit encouraging going into next week. Keep in mind, corn still is off the lows. Could you set yourself up for failure if that acreage number is too large? Absolutely. The same thing could happen on the bean side where you, what if you don't get the bean numbers? Does beans continue to be positive on stories of outside market as far as the the South American story, dryness or soy meal? Um, That bean market could still be a, uh, I think a card that uh, would turn out pretty favorable for producers in the long run here. Well, lots of stuff as we do continue. We're going to talk more about maybe get what Darren's thoughts are when it comes to the report next week on prospective planting. More is coming up. We'll look at the livestock as well. It's the Thursday version of the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Social media running today getting crops out of the ground. What type of effect and pressure are we going to put on the market over the next you know four or five days? Yeah, I, I mean, go, leading up to I'm not expecting a whole lot of movement, really. I mean, yes, we could probably continue to maybe pull back a little bit of pressure, but it's also had a uh, had a nice run. But as far as the beans and the corn market is concerned, I'm still in, anticipating leading up to next week's report, we're, we're not going to move very much. But but because of the issues going on in, say, the Dakotas and, and parts of the northern um, Corn Belt, uh, I think that these acre numbers are going to be a rolling ball uh, for some time here. Now, granted... Um, how, how what really gets planted, how good are those conditions yet this spring, I think it's going to be a big determinant fact, 
factor here with really how much corn gets out there because I really I'm, I'm really focused on that corn number because because of what beans have done over the last couple months here I think it's really put the eight ball behind that that corn acres number so right now I mean as a pro farmer uh, last week they had a 94.2 I don't think that that is a uh, too far off of where the USDA is going to be necessarily I've, I've been in this 93 to 95 million now I think if you get above that 95 million I think you're probably going to spook the market a little bit I know we've been beat up here but I think that that would be a, another knee-jerk reaction to the downside granted if we look back at how we traded last year we basically ran that market up 20 cents ahead of that report and then a day of that report we fell 17 and a half cents only to recover to, to submit to early April balances before we really we fell out of bed early April and basically found our low in mid mid uh, mid May before the planning issues started to really evolve. But right now it's you know if you get above ninety five, I really think the market gets spooked. You get beans under eighty four, especially under eighty three. I still think there's a pretty bullish story behind that bean market. Now granted, these exports in general have been lagging on both the corn and the beans in general compared to last year so we're going to need some help probably from mother nature probably from the exports here as we move forward but keep in mind these are going to be estimates i mean last year we had estimates and a lot of that didn't get planted so right now I, you look at the soil moisture out there there's plenty of moisture out there uh is if, if conditions are right and i think they'll i think they will be i think the weather will shake itself out um, but we have to go off of the longer-term probabilities of trend line yields, and those trend line yields, more most of the time, highly percent. I mean, 80 for 85 percent of the time, over the last 35 years or 30 years, they've they've been at or exceeded the trend line. So. You, you can't say that, you know, with, with, say, 94 million at trend line, you know, with our current exports, you know, it, it's hard for the bulls to get too excited about those numbers. That's why I'm telling producers right now is when we get these seasonal bounces for new crop corn, we have to be ready and we have to be willing to be aggressive if, you know, the weather's good, the crops look good, and ahead of those seasonals, if we get a big 30 or 40 cent run up in new crop corn ahead of seasonal tendencies where they're usually bearish in the summer months, then we need to be aggressive. And how aggressive we need to be depends on how that crop is looking and where your assurance levels are. Over to the livestock side, we did, of course, see some limits down trade in the live cattle and, and looking at those numbers. We had a good couple day run, but a fallback shouldn't be too much of a surprise. No, we, we had a we've had a very very good run. Anyone that follows me on social media knows I've been kind of hammering the packer here the last couple of weeks <laughs> because the demand in the box beef has been a very very strong numbers and the meat has been flying off the shelves. Now the last couple of days we've seen some weakness in the box beef numbers and so to have cattle come off the lows like they've had and have a pullback is not surprising. But to me, I think that you. From a, from a hedger standpoint, I still think that today we we're putting hedges back on. I'll put it that way because I think that the box beef might be getting a little toppy now, especially with with what we know right now with the jobs number over three million initial jobless claims this week is probably going to continue on. And now you know you got to get the money into people's hands where they can buy and buy more of this meat, not only meat uh, or the the beef, but the pork as well. I mean. Uh, the, all the meat sector had a pretty, 
pretty bad day, but it's also had a very good run. So breathers are fine. Hedgers, you still got to take advantage of those big moves. And, of course, just take it one moment at a time. Let's get out there and get some more product moving and kind of empty out some cold storage. Yeah, ab- absolutely. And it's it's one of those things. We got to a point where the packer wasn't uh, wasn't able to meet, probably meet to the, meet the, the initial surge of demand. Sounds good. What's the best way for folks to get a hold of you? They can reach me directly at 402-366-0423 or on our website at lakefrontfutures.com. Darren Fessler has been joining us today. Just a reminder, commodity futures and options do involve substantial risk of loss and are not suitable for all investors. The Fontenelle Final Bell has been brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local Fontenelle dealers. Check it out as a podcast at ruralradio.com or wherever you subscribe to your free podcast. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell on the Rural Radio Network. Equal opportunity is the cornerstone of the American dream. Being employed gives us the confidence to be financially independent. We feel useful and respected. But what if you were one of the 81% of adults with developmental differences who do not have a paid job? Join the SunTrust Foundation in supporting Autism Speaks, Best Buddies, and Special Olympics in creating pathways to 1 million employment and leadership opportunities for this talented community. Visit DeliveringJobs.org to learn more. 